Hi, and welcome to Northampton Bible Church's podcast. We are glad that you're here today. If you'd like to learn more about Northampton Bible Church, you can check us out at nbchurchcf.org. You can also interact with us on social media at nbchurchcf. And now, here's today's message. Well, good morning, everyone. I know... uh, this is not what you're used to. This is not what I'm used to, but this is where we are. And uh, so glad that I, we can be together. That he is risen. He is risen indeed. And this morning we celebrate Easter. This morning that we celebrate that day that changed everything. That the long-awaited Messiah, the long-awaited moment, that all of this, uh, the, the long-awaited uh, forgiveness has come to everyone. And for those of you that have been around the Bible, those of you who have been around church for any length of time, you know what Easter is all about. You know that on that Sunday morning over 2,000 years ago, that Jesus, fully God, fully man, was dead. Died on a cross, body put in a tomb, dead. But three days later on that Sunday morning, his body was gone. And for many reasons that we're not going to get into this morning, <clears throat> we know that it wasn't a hoax because it was clear from scripture and from external sources that it, that it was clear, not just, Hey, you know, we read the Bible and the Bible tells us, but if you, you look around the people that were eyewitnesses, the people that were there in that moment, you find out that it wasn't a hoax because the religious leaders who wanted Jesus dead, <laughs> they couldn't deny, didn't deny that his body was gone, that the tomb was empty. The disciples who wanted him alive, didn't deny that the tomb was empty. The Roman guards that were put in place to make sure that no one stole the body couldn't deny that the tomb was empty. The women who showed up that morning to, to adorn his body to, for burial uh, couldn't deny that the tomb was empty. That everyone involved, whether they agreed with Jesus or not, could not deny that the tomb that it clearly had Jesus' dead body there on Friday was absolutely empty on Sunday morning. Each of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are silent on the resurrection, but we know what, they, what was said afterwards. We know that it did happen. We know that because the tomb is empty, that Jesus is alive to never die again, that we all have hope, that we all have forgiveness. And what happened on that Sunday morning literally changed everything. Now we say that Jesus being born changed everything, and it did, but the resurrection finished it. That our lives and our eternities are forever changed because of Jesus' resurrection. Because the tomb is empty, we have hope, and we have faith, and we have uh, forgiveness, and we are free. I want to look at a couple passages this morning in the Bible that will help us to kind of bring this to life and prayerfully open our eyes to the truth and the power of what Christ's death, burial, and resurrection means for our lives today, because there are definitely implications for that. And we're in our second week of our empty series. And if you're new, as I said at the beginning, if you're new, I want you to know that you are welcome here, that we do our prayer times every day. We started that going on almost four weeks ago. Every day we pray, and it's not just for Northampton, it's not just for the people of Northampton. And and I've been so excited to see how many of you uh, have come and joined us and participated and invested in other people's lives in the comments and have been a part of what God is doing in those times. And I'm excited for that. I'm encouraged by that. 
And we're going to we continue on tomorrow night, 8 p.m. We'll be praying again. You know, even if you stop in for a little while and you share or you just you're blessed by uh, just being together, uh, we'd love for you to join us. But I want you to know that that Northampton and this is just an extension of that, that, that we, that the church has left the building, that, that we are the church. And so uh, when we meet together, we meet as that body, uh, but we are meeting as the body of Christ. And we, we want you to know that you're welcome, that no matter where you are in faith, that if you're an atheist, if you're an agnostic, if you're a, I'm not sure what I am, but I'm not sure if I believe, I want you to know that you are welcome in, in this place, uh, that we welcome you to come and join in to explore faith. Uh, we want to help you that if you don't have a relationship with Christ, we want to help uh, you to take a step toward Christ and however we can do that. And if you are walking with Jesus, if you've uh, trusted him as savior and you're following him as Lord, we want to help you to take steps toward Christ likeness, that we want you to be a disciple who makes disciples. And if you haven't been to church in a while, I want to encourage you to come back, uh, not only to our prayer times, uh, but if you're not ready for that, if you just want to come back next Sunday, because we are in this empty series, and next week we're talking about empty religion and what that means and the implications of, of empty religion. And then we're going to talk about empty checkbook and then empty marriage. And so hitting on things that the scripture, the Bible has a lot to say about these things in our lives, that, that, that God's word is relevant today. And what that means in our lives. And so, if you have your Bibles, if you would turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. <clears throat> uh, this is the power to transform your life. That we don't, we don't preach and teach opinion. Uh, <laughs> we try very hard to, to preach the Word of God. Because uh, in the Word is power. In the Word is transformation. In the Word is life. That There's not life in my words, there's not life in, in what my opinion is, but there's life in the word of God. And that your life can be changed because of what God says. That you will find fulfillment for your life in the word of God. And you will find fulfillment for your soul in a real relationship with God through Jesus. And so what we have, what we're going to see in, is the climax that Easter is of God's plan to forgive us, to forgive you, and to set you free. That what we celebrate this morning and what we celebrate every Sunday morning, that's why we meet on Sunday mornings. That we don't meet on Sunday mornings because, well, there's, that's the best. That Sunday morning was the, this resurrection day. Sunday morning is the day that we celebrate. That when we come together to worship, we come together to gather together to worship. But we also come together to worship and to celebrate the risen King. We celebrate King Jesus. That Jesus died to forgive us, to forgive our sin and to restore a relationship with God. And at the end of the day, what we find is that we're all looking for what will fill us and what will fulfill that emptiness in our lives. And what I know about you and what I know by my experience and what you've discovered is that you found out that, that one more dollar won't fill that emptiness. That one more relationship won't fill that emptiness. One more anything in this life will ever fill that emptiness that you experience. Nothing. That true fulfillment is found in Christ alone. That true fulfillment literally is found in an empty tomb. That empty is usually associated with negative things. You think about uh, empty wallet or empty relationships. That's not good. Or empty promises or an empty gas tank or an empty toilet roll, <laughs> toilet paper roll. Uh, but what we find today is that empty, empty can be positive when it comes to a tomb. 
that God provides hope and forgiveness and life to the full through an empty tomb. Let's look at what Paul had to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to put it on the screen so you can see it. Some of you might not have your Bible. Uh, let me get to the right place here because we're talking about empty tomb today. Here is, I'll make it bigger so we can see it. There it is. So 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, Now I want to remind you, brothers, of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received and in which you stand. And when he talks about gospel, gospel is the good news. Gospel is the good news, the message of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and, and dying on the cross for our sins and being resurrected on the third day, proving, uh, vindicating God's message that Jesus is the Messiah in which you stand, this gospel in which you stand, in which you're being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered to you as first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried and raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. You get to the right place here. There it is. And he appeared to Cephas and to the twelve, and then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. And what we see here at the beginning of, of, of 1 Corinthians 15 is that Paul makes it clear that the resurrection of Jesus was a real event, that it really happened. The, the power of the resurrection that you need to understand today, that the power of the resurrection is that, that it provides the way for our sin to be forgiven. And so why does that matter? Well, it matters because of this, that all have sinned, you and I, we've all walked our own way, we've all chosen ourselves over God, we've all uh, been born with this nature in us that is sinful, and we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's why this is important, that we are all, reality is that we are all infected with this sin sickness, that you think about the coronavirus and it's infecting people, and, but what we find is that back in the garden where it all began, that 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 sin that was introduced in that time became the sickness that we all are indwelt with. That sin separates us from God and it's an infection with no, no human cure. I know that people today are, are quickly working on trying to come up uh, with a, an antidote, a cure for uh, COVID-19, but you have to understand that the sin sickness that, that you have and that I have, there is no cure for it. That I can't be good enough, I can't be religious enough, I can't serve enough, I can't give enough, I can't anything enough to cure this sickness. The reality is that you can't do it and I can't do it. The only cure is found in an empty tomb. In fact, <laughs> if the tomb is still full, you and I have no hope whatsoever. Because in God's eyes, anything that we try to do to cure us to cure our sin infection is never, will ever, never, ever be good enough. If Jesus had come and lived his life like he did and died and stayed dead, we would be, he would be like every other prophet that came before him. Every other religious leader, every other good person, that if he would have come and say, I'm the, I'm the Messiah, but then he died and he didn't rise again, that he would be like everyone else. That our hope in Christ and who he claimed to be, the long-awaited Messiah of the world, would have died along with him. Skip down to verse 12 there. It says this, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection from the dead? And so Paul is, is talking to these believers, and some of them are saying, well, there is no resurrection from the dead. And Paul is saying, if there's no resurrection, that's a problem. 
That how, now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection from the dead? But if there is no resurrection from the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we have testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it's true that the dead are not raised. Do you understand what he's saying? He's saying that, that if you, there really is no resurrection, then Christ hasn't been raised. Because we're saying that he is, but you're saying that maybe he's not or that we don't believe that there is. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and our faith is in vain. Look at the next verse. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and, you're, and you are still in your sins. Then those who are fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people to be most pitied. If the tomb is full, we're in trouble. <laughs> if the tomb is full, I right now and Paul before me and others around the world, we're preaching a lie. If the tomb is full, the reality is for all of us, all hope is lost. If Christ has not been raised, we might, as, as Paul says later in verse 32, we might as well all just eat and drink for tomorrow we die. If the resurrection didn't happen, then, then live your life and, and die and that's all there is. But look at verse 20. Let me put that up there for you. Verse 20. But in fact... <laughs> Not in, not in my opinion, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. That Jesus is alive, Jesus in fact has been raised, and the resurrection is an undisputed fact. That no one could say, well, you know, the tomb's not empty. The reality is that that morning that the tomb was empty, and there was a message for those who came to the tomb, and it's a message that we need to see this morning. Because in an empty tomb, we find hope. In an empty tomb, we find life. In an empty tomb, we find forgiveness. And we find the freedom that, you're, that you've been looking for, that I was looking for, that we find it in Christ. And I want you to see this morning that an empty tomb calls for a response. That you don't get to just kind of walk up to the empty tomb and kind of look around and like, eh, that's, that's kind of cool that when we come face to face with an empty tomb, we have a response. And, and, and I want to encourage you to have the response that, that those first responders had that morning. Let me give you this verse here. What was told to those who came to the tomb that, that morning, he says, he is not here. <laughs> You're looking around for Jesus. He's not here. He has risen, as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. <laughs> and what I want you to see this morning is that part of what is being told to those first responders and part of what's being told to us is to come and see. And the other part is then to go quickly and tell his disciples that Jesus is risen from the dead. I'm not sure that my, my slides are updating. <laughs> we'll get that figured out. I don't know if it is or not. We'll come back. Here we go. We were doing so good, too. 
I think they're coming. <laughs> Here we go. Anyway, so the call to the, to the first responders at the tomb is the same call to us, is to come and see and believe. That, that you think about it, uh, they just didn't take the angel's word for it. It was like, hey, come and look for yourself. See that the tomb is empty. And when you see that it's empty, believe that Jesus is who he says he is. Believe that he has risen from the dead. Believe that he wasn't just faking it. He wasn't just sleeping. He wasn't just uh, in some kind of like altered state. That he was dead. And dead for three days. And three days is a significant thing because after three days, uh, really, they would say that that's when you're like, you're really, you truly are dead. And so the call is to come and see and believe. And, and the, the second part of that call is to go and tell and make disciples. And so the call to you and to me this morning, and I'm going to see if I can get this up there. And if I can't, I'm not going to worry about it. Oh, I'm not going to because it's not there. The call to, to you and to me is to come and see. And there's a powerful statement I want to give you that uh, I want you to hear this because this is true for all of us, that the stone wasn't rolled away to let Jesus out. It was to let us in. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> that the stone wasn't rolled away to let Jesus out, but it was to let us in. For us to come and see. For us to realize and experience the, the reality of a risen Savior. That it was rolled away so that the women could come in and come and see. And, and I want to encourage you to come and see that I would encourage you to explore the claims of Christ yourself. That you would read it all. That, that God is big enough for your doubts. God is big enough for your questions. God is big enough for all the things that you are struggling with right now. That Can I really believe that God is real? I'm telling you, this is not something that we made up. You might have been told that. You might have been taught that. You might believe that. But I want to encourage you to, to search it out yourself. To come and see that God is who he says he is. And to be able to cry out, God, help me in this. Help me in my doubt. Help me to understand. Help me to help me to believe. That when you truly come face to face with the reality of an empty tomb, that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the Savior of the world, that he's your Savior. When you come face to face with that reality, when God makes that clear, it changes everything. If you weren't with us on Friday night for our Good Friday service, I would encourage you to, to go back and just check that out. We had uh, four people just share their stories of faith and how they came to Christ and, and how life-changing an empty tomb can be. And God is big enough for your doubts. God is big enough for your questions. And I understand that it takes faith, absolutely. But God's big enough for all of that. And I want you to remind you again that, that this is a place, a safe place that you can come in and you can explore faith. And we're going to keep pushing you to Christ, that we preach Christ and him crucified. That's the only hope that we have. There's no hope in me. There's no hope in Northampton. There's only hope in Christ. There's only hope in an empty tomb. And that's the message that we proclaim today. And so I would encourage you to come back next week. We're not done yet because i got to give you the other point. But come back next week. Uh, to, to get with us when we pray and just uh, spend time, even if you don't interact at all, but just be a part of those prayer times that you're welcome, that you would come and see and see that God really is who he says he is and that Jesus really is the Messiah, really is the Savior and that he can be trusted. And so the call of an empty tomb, the response of an empty tomb is that you come and see and believe and then you go and you tell that you make disciples that if your life has been changed, if your eternity has been changed, if you are 
you really are compelled, you are really commanded to go and tell that if you were trusting Jesus as Savior and you're following him as Lord, your mission and my mission is to walk that out, is to walk in obedience, is to walk in obedience to the Great Commission, to, to go and as you're going, make disciples. What can happen, though, is we get to church and we get... Uh, we get so excited about church and church and church and church and let me have another Bible study. Let me have another time together. Let me have another worship service. And we get so focused on ourselves. It was never meant to be that way. That following Jesus means we are loving God and we are loving others, that we are being the hands and feet of Jesus, that truly we would be the church who's left the building. That's the call on our lives. And that's what we're supposed to do, to not just come and see and believe, but to go and tell and make disciples. That we need to come and see, but we need to go and tell. We need to make a difference because truly the church has left the building. And I just want to encourage you and challenge you today. Larry, I'm going to bring you back in here. But that you would respond to God's call in your life today. That if you need to come and believe, and even if you're like, I'll take a step closer to the empty tomb. I'm not ready to, to go up to the opening yet because I'm not sure I believe all this stuff. But I'll, I'll take a step. That you would take a step. And that's really our hope and my prayer for you is, I get it. I get that there's a lot of things that you wonder about. There's a lot of questions that you have. And like, I don't know about all that stuff. And what about the Bible? And that's okay. I want you to know that this come and see is really, it's really about just coming as you are. That no one expects you to get all cleaned up and, and look like you follow Jesus before you follow Jesus. To come and be real with God, be real with yourself, be real with each other and see what God will do in that. Because I know that God will change your heart. That you will find him if you seek him with all your heart. He will be found by you. And one of the things we talk about is, just, is trusting him as savior. And, and we talk about this, this prayer and, and really what we're talking about is that, you know, you, you surrender your life to Christ and say, uh, Jesus, I, I, I admit, or I understand that I'm a sinner. And that sin has separated from me from you. And, and right now I, I want, I want to trust in Christ for the forgiveness of that sin. I'm, I'm asking him to be my savior, to be, to be the one who forgives me. And I want to follow you as Lord. And that you can begin that relationship with God by praying that prayer. There's no magic formula. It's expressing a heart. Because if you're able to express that heart, then you know God is doing something in your life. That that's an expression of, of I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And Jesus, you are the only way, truth, and life. And I'm coming to the Father through you. And you receive that free gift. And then you follow him as Lord, that you surrender your life to him and you follow him. And we'd love to talk to you about that. You can always send us an email this time. You can make a phone call. Love to talk to you about it. And for those of you that say, yeah, I've made that decision a long time ago or, or a week ago or a month ago or a year, whatever it is, that you and I would, would follow him, obey him as Lord. We can be really good at praying and asking Jesus to be our savior, but we kind of miss that, oh, but I need to I need to walk this out by God's power, by God's strength, by God's guidance, that he would transform my life. And so the call of an empty tomb is that you would come and see and believe. And may you today take at least a step toward that empty tomb. Even if you're not ready to come all the way up, just take a step. And that you would seek the Lord. 
and see what God does. And if you've taken that step and you've come and seen and you believe that you would go and you would tell and you would be the hands and feet of Jesus, you would be one who is looking to disciple people who, are, who need to be discipled.